This is Jason Page here. Do you want to be the best like no one ever was? Then keep listening to more Monsters, Madness, and Magic. All right, folks. Welcome to the Monsters, Madness, and Magic podcast. I'm your host, Justin, here with a quick word before we dive in. Now, in this episode, I chat with musician Jason Page about the supernatural, the Pokemon phenomenon. Did that in the first take. Recording the theme of a generation classic tunes and more as always thank you for listening and if you'd like to help the show grow please leave us a review wherever you're listening to the podcast also if you'd like to watch video i have started posting them on youtube so go like comment subscribe and all that stuff anyway without further ado here you go Greetings, boils and ghouls. This is your comrade, the Crypt Keeper here, reporting dead from the sanctuary of the strange. Tonight's macabre myth is a fright-filled feature, one overflowing with monsters, madness, and magic. <laughs> All right, Jason, take us back in time. You're a youngster. Are you a book reader, fort builder, troublemaker, or all the above? (laughs) (laughs) I'm definitely a fort builder. I I was a book reader with the picture books (laughs) and a book writer with my own writing. I wouldn't say I was a troublemaker, but I think I'm trying to stop trouble. I'm a trouble fixer. Yeah. I'm solutions. I'm looking to make peace treaties and to, you know, fix things that are broken. Would your parents agree that you weren't a troublemaker? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think so. You know, I'm taking things apart. I'm trying to try to add value. I'm trying yeah. to, you know, to help do stuff, not create trouble. So whereabouts did you grow up? Well, I was born in the egg stage in my grandmother's belly. In my mother's ovary, sorry, in my grandmother, my grandmother's womb and my mother's ovary. <laughs> and then my mother was born in Philadelphia, and I traveled with her as an egg throughout her life. And then my, my, my mother moved to Wichita Falls, Texas with my dad in uh, 1968. And I was born, physically came out of the womb finally in 1969 in Texas, Wichita Falls, mm, mm. a couple miles, a couple hours north of Dallas-Fort Worth. Then I moved to Baltimore, Maryland for my grade school years. Baltimore, hun. And uh, I lived in Baltimore until fifth grade. I went moved to Florida, fifth and sixth grade. Brooklyn, sixth and seventh grade. Oh, man. Queens, eighth grade and ninth grade. Moved into Manhattan, New York City. To the fame, I want to live forever. High school, <laughs> where, uh, where I began my adulthood. As soon as I was in New York City, there was no more. That was, The child is gone. The independent 13-year-old could ride the subway on his own. I was doing street performing, magic, juggling, balloon animals, had a job, you know, contributing to the rent, started bands and going on auditions and acting in commercials, and that was it, you know? Right. That was there. You throw a kid into New York City and... You thrived. It's it. That's right. The yeah. world is yours. <laughs> so, uh, the city is your oyster. Yeah, were either your parents musically inclined, or did you say that's where your roots came from? My dad is a sax player, my grandfather's a drummer, but I didn't really hear them much growing up, uh, and I still don't hear them very much. My dad played all the you know gigs at the different 
events and weddings and clubs and stuff that I wasn't really privy to. And it was not much playing in the house. Mm. And my parents separated when I was three. So I didn't have a musical influence at, in the house. My mom is artistic, but she's not a musician, although she was trained like a monkey to play piano. <laughs> Uh, but she doesn't have that a skill. She just has a training. Was it always the voice for you? Did you pick up an instrument first? I would pick up things and play them. Whatever mm. they were, if they had musical capability. I remember in my grade school, I think it was like third or fourth grade maybe, first third of the year we had violin, the second third we had clarinet, and the third mm. third we had trumpet. And we played all those instruments. I was in one of those school bands. And at that point, I started writing some songs. I remember some songs. Sitting looking out of the window with my guitar, playing a song. The birds are singing in the trees. And a gentle breeze comes blowing through the door. And I'm just sitting here playing my guitar. <laughs> I didn't have a guitar. And I was writing a song about sitting looking out of the window playing my guitar. I didn't get a guitar. Until I was third, 14 years old, and that song I wrote when I was probably nine. Yeah, I, I would pick up all the instruments that were around and play with them. And kids like to grab instruments and things that make noise and right. mess with them and see if they can figure out how to make them work. So outside of grade school, did you have any formal musical training, or are you just self-taught, nose well, to the grindstone? training yeah in grade school right there it you know you're formally training they're teaching yeah. you the notes and how to play you're not just picking up an instrument and trying to mess with it yourself until you got home and could get out of school but then my my formal training was at the fame high school which is the high school of performing arts music and art the tv show at the movie is based that after however it's a little bit exaggerated obviously hollywood blows everything out of proportion I only had two classes of voice for the first three years of my high school creative arts high school experience. And then the fourth year, I got some more electives. And those electives were still kind of rigid. So all of the real growth and expansion came outside of the schooling environment that was very rigid. And, you know, just yeah. like anything else in school, you got to do what they're telling you that you got to follow the curriculum. You're not making up your own curriculum. You're not learning what it is you want to learn. You're just picking from the three things that they allow you to, to learn from. And we do our best when, we, when we're self-taught, when yeah. we have enthusiasm for a thing and we go for it. We, we can learn the entire English language and all arithmetic and anything that we need to function in society in 200 hours. And yet we spend 12 years locked in public institutions, twisting our brains into knots. All that we really need can be done in 200 hours. Jason, when you think back to, you know, formative films and TV shows you grew up on, what pops in your head? Go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go! <laughs> Just sit right back and you'll hear it tell, a tale of a faithful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, they're a modern Stone Age family. Monday, Monday, happy days, <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, happy days. Samil, Samazel, Hot and Papa Carver, we're gonna do it. Give us any chance, we'll take it. Need us any rule, we'll break it. Those, those were the songs, and they existed based on the songs. You wanted to hear that song in the beginning, and that was it. I mean, it running 
it's what everybody tells me about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. They're running to the TV to hear the song, and it gets them so hyped. It's sort of like the last generation. Pokemon is like one of the last theme songs of, of in history. We don't even have that anymore. No. Even though it's a show on Netflix might have a theme song, you, you don't have to watch it. You can forward through it. And it's not really, you know, running around singing. It's not, it doesn't have the same sort of function in today's media, media society as the theme song did at the end of the 90s. Right. And you can't, you couldn't skip the theme back then. It had to be good (laughs) if you wanted to watch the whole thing. It had to be good. You couldn't (laughs) skip it. It was, you know, we were, we were relegated to the beginning of every TV show that came on. Yeah. The way you could skip it is to leave the room and come back when it was done, but nobody's going to do that. Yeah, who wants to do that? That's not fun. No. It's funny how things lined up today because we're talking about, you know, great themes and how Pokemon was the last one. And at, at, right after we're finished, I'm interviewing Ron Wasserman, who was, you know, did the X-Men and uh, Power Rangers theme. So I was just go, like, go Power yeah. Rangers! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, just having you two on the same day for me is like, I got chills all day long. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent, dude. So uh, this is something I like to ask everyone just because you never know someone's background. Uh, what scared you as a kid? Wow. What scared me as a kid? That be uh the exorcist that movie mm. that awful movie <laughs> i remember i was somehow some adult brought me to that movie when i was six or wow <laughs> and and it just that was awful it just you know your your mind is what scares you and from that point on my brain was forever able to imagine horrible things like that and demonic structures entities that could possibly be around i was legitimately scared by the nuclear scare of nuclear annihilation and getting under the desks to hide from a nuclear bomb and i remember various dreams waking up from that dream great explosions fear of everything being taken out in a horrific nuclear explosion uh, which i now understand is just more fear propaganda it's all that's what they want out of out of your control you can't do anything about it vote for me and i'll (laughs) prevent it from happening be afraid of this so uh do you recall your very first time on stage performing and did it go off smoothly it was epic I mean, on an actual stage, I had some auditions for the high school music and art and performing arts, and they weren't on stage, but I was definitely in an audition. But the first stage was the talent show of the band that I started in freshman year high school with the drummer was in middle school, and the talent show was at his middle school. So it was for the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, and I was in the ninth grade with a seventh, eighth grade drummer, and we played... What happened here as a New York sunset disappeared? I found an empty garden. Elton John's empty garden. Dark in the forest, night is a wire. Seen in the subway, there's a fire. Do, 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 And you're not shy. You get around. You want to fly. You want your feet on the ground. You stay up. You won't come down, you wanna live, you wanna move to the sound. Urgent from Foreigner, and I think there might have been one other one, it might have been I the Tiger, no, 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 it was just those three songs. And this 
sixth to eighth grade crowd was screaming their heads off <laughs> like they were at the Beatles concert. It was the most, I don't think I've, since then I've had a concert that has had that much enthusiasm from the audience. I mean, I was, it was full rock star, instant rock star. Because the rock star isn't based on what the rock star is doing. The rock star is based on what the audience is doing. And these kids, mostly girls, were just doing what they were supposed to do, which is scream as louder than our amplifiers yeah. could go at our fumbling through these songs for the first time. I was so nervous running around backstage, finally getting on stage and just having this incredible rush that was fully confirmed and backed up by those that, those those seventh and eighth grade yeah. girls it was incredible this will be a perfect segue for fans of the show that listening because i just interviewed uh lou graham a foreigner no way i did and just talked to lou a couple weeks ago and uh oh, yeah I worked on foreigner. how did that come about for you i worked with a producer named marty fredrickson who did that record and that record was uh was also coupled with a remix of their greatest hits so I got to add stuff to the to the greatest hits, like sounds and things that made like you know better snare drum sounds and yeah. tambourines and different weird keyboards that that were just kind of buried in their mix that got remixed and then backgrounds on many of the songs on the new record and even did a lot of writing for songs on there. But I didn't actually land any songs as a writer, even though. But I have a I have like ten demos of amazing songs where I'm singing like Lou Graham. <clears throat> Even though it's their new guy Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't Lou, but Kelly's an, an amazing. See, he's actually yeah. great. Sounds exactly like Lou. Grant. He does. Yeah. And that that was an amazing record to be a part of because I got to be a part of the new band and the old band. I know we only have thirty minutes, so I'm just I'm trying to hit the highlights for oh, you. Yeah, hit the highlights. <laughs> I love these questions, dude. You really, uh, you know, very unique. Thank you, thank you, man. So let's well, let's go to Pokemon, man. Just take us through if we've been living under rock, how the opportunity came about for you. Well, everything you see is my behind me is like my session work. Mm -hmm. Either I'm singing backgrounds for somebody, or a commercial, or a jingle, or a movie, or every day there's a different potential gig that has it's a different thing, and one of those days is Pokemon for a company that I sang Domino's Pizza Delivers. And some other jingles for we wrote jingles for them, and they got the the job to do the Pokemon music, and they knew what they wanted because Pokemon gave them a brief that said we want a young rock sound, and it's got to have this lyric catch him if you can, and it's about this inspirational character who's catching Pokemon. Here's mm -hmm. a video of the Japanese TV show. We're dubbing it in English right now, and they call in who they think can do the job, and that was me. So I came in, I did the job, and they liked it, except they thought, Catch him if you can, was not the right lyric. So they went back to the drawing board and came up with, Gotta catch him all! And then, you know, the recording session goes down. We do the full version. They love it. Then they want to do the full album after the TV show gets huge. Yeah. They start creating the other music for it. And we do the full version with the guitar solo and the riffing out. and the Yeah! <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm blowing it out. Hey, that sounded yeah, great to me. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, leads to number one Radio Disney single. I think it was the most played song on Radio Disney in the history of Radio Disney at that point. And then uh, we did I'm on the road to the Radio City. The other 
song that yeah. people like on that record. I know all those, man. Do be a master, Pokemon master. I like that one. I didn't sing on that. I just on those two songs. Then I didn't have anything to do with Pokemon until 2016. From that point on, it was just a kid's show, one of the many different things that I had done, and one of the credits on my list of the hundreds of different things that I've done. And 2016 rolls around with Pokemon Go, and people start banging the theme song. Adults that grew up on it now want to hear it again, and it becomes a Spotify peaking song and all the music platforms, and that's when I kind of realized that, holy shit, this is something. I really did something here. I mean, I knew Pokemon was big, but I didn't realize that the song represented it to this degree until those kids grew up and now they're adults and now they're they're locked in, rent-free in their heads for the past 18 years. And <laughs> now it's 25 years, and I've just been out of the Pokeball for seven years. <laughs> uh, representing it at all the various places that there are to represent the song at events and parties and online and different remixes and they got a Pokemon Go remix right here that I remake that I did and I've done a just did a hard style remake of the Pokemon theme song with Rob Gastrop and Altage Lars think these guys from the Netherlands. Uh, I did a 2022 remix with another DJ I know. Uh, 2021 there was a remix with Fat Rat and we're looking for 2024 Steve Aoki. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> Hey, it'll happen. I don't know. Some other big DJs. Hardwell spun it at his final show. I mean, it's just these DJs are the new rock star. Dimitri Vegas, maybe. I think he might be He might be interested in doing a remix. So we'll see. We'll see. The story of Pokemon. It, you know, I spent four hours. You spent 4,000 hours. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just trying to catch up now. Meeting fans at events. Creating products like my Jason Page trainer card and stickers and opportunities for people to do things and mystery packs and i got mystery pops and jasonpage.com slash shop has a whole bunch of items that you will like a matter of fact this shirt is a pokemon inspired shirt oh yeah collaboration with a company called love k and they are going to include with every shirt an autographed og base set card Oh, some crap. first editions, some hollows, and you don't know what you get. It's a mystery shirt, basically. You get yeah. a mystery shirt. It has either, uh, I think there's three you can choose from the green. The Blastoise, the, we got uh, uh, Ivysaur, and I think there's a, Char, a Charizard as well. You might not, you might hit one of these big cards. You, everybody gets a Jason Page trainer card in the, in the box. But that you know, but you don't know what autographed OG base set that you're going to get and you know somebody's going to hit that hit that Mewtwo worth you know <laughs> bucks yeah and man and get the shirt pretty cool yeah that's awesome just while you're here you know you I didn't even know that your tag on your website was voice of a generation I had you I wrote, wrote it down here you're the voice of a generation wow <laughs> yeah and I'm just like you could just start singing that song in a room full of people my age and everyone's going to freeze and turn around you know, I, did you really you said yeah. voice of a generation yeah. on your own right yeah I'm that generation. I know. I mean, and uh, I, I, I resisted that tag for a very long time. And then people, just so many people did it on their own that I said, all right, I'm going to start calling myself the voice of a generation because so many people have. And it was like serious. I don't even know what that means. Like, 
is there another voice of a generation? Like, who's the voice of the last generation? That's for them to decide. We picked you. you. Know, <laughs> the voice of my generation, Michael Jackson, maybe. He did have a little Jackson 5 cartoon back in the day. Maybe he's the voice of a generation back in the day. And now I'm the new voice. I've, I've inherited the voice of a generation. <laughs> They're saying voice of generations because there's a new one. Multiple, the, the parents are now introducing their kids to it instead of back in the day, the parents were trying to stop their kids from engaging in Pokemon. Put that Pokemon cards away. They're taking Pokemon out of the kids in schools. They were banning it, and now it's the opposite. I had my cards taken away because I was trading in the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> Somebody took your holographic Charizard yeah. for half a million dollars away from you. Yeah. They took your, your house. Yeah. House and, and, and cars and wealth. Your, mm-hmm. your, your kids' college funds. <laughs> Taken away from you. Yes. <laughs> well, I know we uh, got a few minutes left here, Jason. So this is another one I like to ask everyone just to wind down here. Have you ever had an experience you would consider supernatural or paranormal? I believe that we are in a supernatural paranormal reality right now. Certainly my Burning Man experiences are paranormal <laughs> and supernatural. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think that that it happens often. You can you can sort of slow yourself down, and realize that there are multiple dimensions going on at the same time, and we are all sort of in our own unique dimension and transiting through and connecting to other people's dimensions here and there. Even though when I put my hand here, it doesn't. Go <laughs> I'll edit it. <laughs> And pull you, pull you over. But when I, I, I interact with animals, there's an interdimensional supernatural thing going on. There's an experiment that they do with dogs. And the dog will know when the owner is coming home because it'll go to the window ten times more frequently when the owner decides to come home. It can be hours away. He can be days away. He can be minutes away. And the dog knows that the owner's coming home when the owner starts to go home. And they can film the dog, and they've done this, repeated it many, many times, the dogs always know, because the dogs are connected through the fields that are that we exist in. And I believe that our brains are just radio antennas for all of the information that is out there. That's the supernatural, is, it's natural. Mm. It's supernatural, it's, it's, and, I, and I think that it's kind of related to water because we're made of water and our environment has moisture in it and water has memory and therefore the entire atmosphere of water is uh, is the supernatural memory that our antennas of our brains pick up the better the water you drink and the healthier you are the better your antenna works the more aware you can be of all of these other fields just like a dog his antenna picks up the owner miles and miles away when the owner decides to do something as if like there's this isn't where it's happening it's it's happening in a hard drive in the sky somewhere yeah we're all just connected to it the radio is playing what's coming out of it but the source is not the radio the radio is just picking up the source from somewhere else translating it putting it out and that's what we are as human beings we're this radio receiving the information from somewhere else we are supernatural well said i, I like that a lot good questions so just to put a bow on everything here jason tell people what's on the horizon for you where they can find you and all that good stuff jasonpage.com 
first place. Uh, Jason Page IG is blowing up. I'm over 200,000 finally. The most important thing you need to know about if you're in the L.A. area is both a Beatles gospel nativity, of which I am the conductor, arranger, and lead Father McKenzie telling the story of the nativity, the birth of the miracle baby and Mary and Joseph and Jesus through Beatles songs wow. and gospel chorus arrangements at the broad stage December 21st and 22nd. Tell your friends to get there. It's going to be an incredible Beatles gospel nativity concert celebration in its 14th year. We are just it's great. It's really great. 40-person gospel choir, another 15 people as leads, five-person rocking band, and my crazy gospel arrangements. Here comes the sun, here it comes. Gospel choir behind me, Mary and Joseph telling the story. It's beautiful. It's as if John and Paul, up from the Beatles, intended their lyrics to be telling the nativity story because it fits so perfectly yeah. with the lyrics of the Beatles. And uh, that's amazing. I am going to Germany next week for Stuttgart Comic Con. Stuttgart Comic Con, you have to come to see. And then uh, next year, there's a whole bunch of Comic Cons happening. You can see my calendar at jasonpage.com. You can go to jasonpage.com slash shop to get the autographed cards right there. And follow me on all the socials, Jason Page YouTube, Jason Page Facebook, uh, Jason Page Show on X, and Jason Page Show on, um, on Facebook as well. Oh, no, Jason Page on on TikTok as well. <laughs> All no, of them. Thousand Jason Pages now. <laughs> there didn't used to be, but now there's a thousand Jason Pages. They matter of fact, one of them just contacted me. He's like, "Thank you for making our name famous." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, cool." <laughs> he was like, he "Was like, oh, all right." I appreciate you, man. You have a great rest of your day. Thank you, my friend. Good to talk to you. You too. All right. Bye, bye, man. Hey, hit me with the uh, with the deets of where it's going to go and all that. We'll do. I'll send you. I'll send a link down the line once I get it edited and all that good stuff. We'll throw it on my YouTube. All right, man. Cool. All right, folks. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Jason. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next time. Monsters, madness, and magic. <laughs>